Jimmy Butler was back in the lineup, and that was all the heat needed to blow out the Knicks in Game 3, a total effort from Miami. The Knicks never led at any point in the game, and they now take a 2-1 to lead in the series. I break down Jimmy Butler's return, how the Heat locked up New York scores, and we answer your questions in today's playoff edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Lord David Mill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first to listen every day. We're recording this after the Heat blew out the Knicks in Miami. They held the Knicks to just 86 points. Jimmy Butler returned from his sprained right ankle and set the tone right away. The Heat take a 2 1 lead in the series. They're now two wins away from returning to the conference finals. David, were you surprised by how easily the Heat won this game? I am. I thought there was going to be a little bit, not necessarily a lack of energy. I didn't think it was going to be this much of a force. Like, you know that they were going to try to welcome Jimmy back, but his status was so up in the air. Of course, we didn't get any kind of clear notification. The expectation was that he'd return, and then we didn't hear anything until shortly before tip-off, and we didn't know exactly at what level he'd return whether or not we'd see the playoff jimmy that we've seen throughout this postseason or even like a much you know lesser shade of that version instead he was engaged early on he was scoring 10 quick points in the first quarter i think he scored two of the first three baskets to kind of set the tone early on they led with their defense they provided this incredible energy I thought, really, I was watching both teams, and I know pregame shoot-around doesn't necessarily mean anything. The Knicks were nailing every shot, whether it was Derrick Rose who doesn't even play, Isaiah Hartenstein knocking down three-pointers. Conversely, Miami seemed a little tight. Max Strews, Duncan, everybody missing all their shots. I'm thinking to myself, is this a sign of things to come? Hmm. It was the exact opposite. It was just a complete flip switch, and, and it was unbelievable. Miami went into that first quarter super engaged, controlling the energy, the pace, they never let go. Again, the fact that they were able to keep New York from ever leading in this game speaks incredible volumes early on throughout the game, even late in the fourth quarter when the lead was cut down to 10 and never felt particularly close. This was a huge surprise and incredible win for Miami. I use the word cruised specifically because it really did feel like that, right? And and yeah. by halftime, you kind of felt like this thing was going to be over. Oh. Maybe the Knicks made like a 10-0 run or something to really make it close. But like okay. I was like, no, this, the, the, the Heat were controlling this game. That's interesting, that detail you mentioned about the the shooter, the pregame kind of warm-ups there because you hear stories like that all the time, right? I think it was it was Clay Thompson before that game six against OKC where he just went off with all those three-pointers, and, like, the story goes, like, he was missing everything in that morning's uh, shoot-around, and he's like, I don't think I have it today, and then you come out, and <laughs> and Game 6 Clay has sort of become a thing, right, because he's a gamer. Well, the Heat are gamers, right? And that's, it, that's sort of what defines this Heat team is, yeah, terrible regular season, incredibly frustrating regular season, up and down all the time. They almost lose in the playing tournament. They do lose the first game in the playing tournament. They're almost watching the playoffs from home, and they get in, and all of a sudden they're like, all right, I guess it's go time now. And, and it kind of is – so it's an interesting detail that you mentioned that because there's something about this team that, especially with Jimmy Butler in the lineup, they have this oh, yeah. unbelievable amount of confidence. And I don't really know where – I was asked on a, on a radio show the other day, like, hey, what where is this coming from? And maybe there is something to the whole idea of the playoffs are starting. Everybody is 0-0 zero and zero record-wise. Shooting percentages are reset. Everything is reset. And I think this Heat team really needed it 
when it comes down to the three-point shooting, defense, rebounding, whatever it is, I think there is a mental thing. Let's just take the three-point shooting, for, for instance. Like, it's so mental, right? Like, you and I talk about, like, the three-point shooting being such a mental thing. And so maybe there is, it, it would make sense then that if you kind of get this, like, artificial reset to your season, because it's not a real reset. It's still the same season. If you kind of get this artificial thing, maybe that's just what you need, that weird, like, little mental gymnastic leap that you need to just sort of be like, oh, you know what? I can actually hit threes again. And this is sort of carried through for the entire Heat team. I I don't really mean to talk about the three-pointers that much because they yeah. were only 7 32 tonight. Not but the, tonight. the Knicks were even worse. And yeah. 104 possessions. I, I want to talk about the defense. 104 possessions for the Knicks. They score 86 points. That is awful. That is like the worst offense of all time. And I give and yes, the Knicks missed some threes for sure. They missed some threes in game one, and and I get it. Um, but I thought the Heat's defense was so good from the tip. Uh, I thought Bam Adebayo was awesome. I thought everybody was super physical. And in practice this week, leading into this game, they kept talking about, hey, we need to match the physicality. We didn't feel like we did that in game two. Uh, we got to do that in game three. I thought they were there. I was so impressed with what the Heat did defensively. What stood out to you there? Yeah, that, that was the buzzword from Eric Spolstra's post-game press conference was physicality. And he was using it specifically about Bam Adebayo. And I think it kind of built off of Bam's initial performance on Julius Randle. I know he got cooked a couple of times in game two by Randall. And it's not to say that Randall, you know, isn't a great player by any stretch. And yet Bam was able to lock him up early and often. And from that point forward, Miami kind of just said, you know what, we're going to continue to build off this. They made a few key adjustments throughout the game. Uh, Jimmy playing a little bit more off ball, not allowing those passes. Cause remember we talked about Randall as a playmaker with Jimmy a little bit more as a Rover uh, kind of shading off of Josh Hart or whoever he was on in the particular, in terms of whoever he was specifically assigned to, he was able to play off a little bit more, work yeah. more in terms of closeouts. And again, put a hand up, force turnovers, things of that sort. Never got comfortable. Randall never got comfortable. Only held at what, 10 points? And he yeah, 415 shooting. Yeah, he was four rattled. turnovers. Four. Rattled. He was terrible. It was a terrible yeah. Julius Randle game, and I know that he's still like a little hobbled and stuff. But he was good in game two, yeah. and he was still hobbled. So no, um, yeah, that was, I, that was not shades of injury there. I mean, he was he was a little. He was, he was definitely. Yeah, I, was I, yeah, he was. He was. Um, Miami's game plan for the first three games, in terms, like you mentioned, the X's and O's, and I agree with you. I think yeah. that I guess uh, the goal in the first three games was the same, even if the the execution was a little bit different. Was Let's limit Jalen Brunson. Let's limit Julius Randle. Let's make sure Emmanuel quickly doesn't go off. And Emmanuel quickly, tough, like tough ball for him. Uh, yeah. In the fourth quarter, was that the beginning of the fourth quarter? Um, yeah. And I guess he ends up having a sprained knee or whatever it is. But is that what it was? Um, I couldn't tell, and I didn't hear anything. It was an ankle or a knee? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Fred Katz tweeted it about what Tibbs said. So they're, they're it's a similar thing to what happened to Jimmy. They're going to mm. evaluate it tomorrow. But um, the game, the the goal for Miami this whole time was. All right, let's let's just shut the water off on J on Jalen Brunson. Let's shut the water off from Julius yeah. Randle, and just if if Josh Hart and these other guys just nail a bunch of threes, then so be it, right? But that's right. going to be what our game plan is, and they did it in game one, sort of. They didn't really get to it in game two, and you could no. say that Jimmy Butler wasn't in there, and they had to play so much zone, and they didn't want to really do that, but they had to because Jimmy Butler wasn't in the game. They get right. Jimmy back, and then you get back right to it. We mentioned Julius Randle. Terrible game for him. Jalen Brunson wasn't all that effective. 20 no, points, wasn't. missed all five of his three-pointers. Very reminiscent of game one where he missed all six of his three-pointers in that first game of the series. And he wasn't that great um, overall the, the, either. So Yeah. No, Brunson, good point by him because I think it was 
Exactly right. Like he started cooking a little bit in the first quarter, uh, going ISO specific on Gabe Vincent, who he can't really handle that matchup. It's not that Vincent doesn't try. He's very physical, did an amazing job, who we'll talk about a little bit later, fighting through and under screens and things of that sort. But Brunson was ISOing on him. They were clearing the floor. So it was all four Knicks players drawing defenders away from Brunson. And he was able to attack on the wing. And he was just going against Vincent. He did it twice in a row. Spo immediately calls a timeout, puts in Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martins, and I thought that was a brilliant strategy from him because immediately mm-hmm. from that point forward, they did a much better job of containing Brunson. He wasn't able to attack anybody in particular as effectively as he had been against Vincent. You know, Vincent's a little undersized going against a guy as physical as Brunson, and, and it looked like that was pretty clear early on, but he made the change, and then from that point forward, look, he, they adapted very, very well defensively. They played their, they executed their game plan as well as we've ever seen them. The fact that they were able to win as comfortably as they did, shooting as badly as they did from three-point range, was absolutely incredible. And they never they were again, the, they were the better team by far. They were the more physical team. They executed yes. better. They were better coached. They had the better game plan. It just feels like the Knicks, I don't want to say they're out of moves because I don't know, right? We're only no, three games right. in. But it kind of feels like they might be out of moves. Like What's I don't their Knicks adjustment? Else. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just play better, right? And sometimes that is the best adjustment and play more physical and stuff. Like, can they get something out of Mitchell Robinson, who I guess is, Alex, Alex Wolf was telling us the other day, like, maybe he's dealing with some injury stuff, and that's obviously impacting him if that's true. Guy. Yeah, and so, like, I don't really know where the Knicks go, especially if Jimmy Butler – he like, Jimmy Butler did uh, roll his ankle again late in this game and he was hobbled for a couple of possessions he was kind of doing that thing where he goes to the corner according to it was a thigh it was more of a A thigh thigh. yeah apparently he bumped into the stanchion at one point and uh it didn't really hurt and he said saw the replay it kind of looked like his ankle but you never really know but yeah whatever it is look i I was in the back it it was it was a little weird and then he was moving fine afterwards so i'm really not that concerned about i i was in the back going towards the media interview room you're familiar with this but for our fans and listeners that aren't uh, familiar with it i was walking back and Jimmy was heading into the locker room. Well, he had some choice words to say about the Knicks and about his status overall. He what he said? Fine. Oh, I can't use it on the show. But uh, Ble- just was, what, he, was it antagonist confident? Okay, think, give me the tone. What's the tone? I of am the, the, the best player? effing player in the world. Said double teams, triple teams. It don't effing matter. How about that? Is that what he said? Yeah. That's an amazing detail. I'm the best effing player in the world. Double teams, triple teams. It doesn't effing matter. Yeah, I don't know if Alfred was tongue in cheek with Jimmy. You never really could tell, but tonight it kind of looked it. I mean, twenty eight that, points. Shades of Tobias Harris over me. Right, right. I was the only one who caught it. Luckily for me, it was me, Bernie Lee, his agent, and that's about it. As he was walking Wonderful. towards the locker. What a that's awesome. That's awesome. We're gonna, we're gonna clip that and post it on social. <laughs> um, credit cookies. Should we do it uh, before yeah, we get to credit cookies? Good. Real quick. Uh, the Heat. The broadcast had this actually. The Heat are two games away now from being the second eight seed of all time to make it to the conference finals. That's an unbelievable stat. And I'll just leave it there. I'll leave it there. Let's go to, well, we know who the first eighth seed was. Unfortunately, with the New York Knicks against this very same Miami heat, but in like a weird, in a weird lockout year, like this is a yeah. real basketball season. So you could even say like the first eighth seed ever in a, in a basketball season that wasn't impacted by a lockout and short, a full 82 game regular season. This is the first eighth seed. To, well, not even technically the ACD either though. That's the, some Knicks fan will come up and say, well, yeah, not really I mean, an seed, yeah. right. Cause of the playing tournament. So it's, right. it is all, it's all very weird, whatever. Either way, <laughs> there are two games away from making returning to the conference finals. And if Jimmy Butler is playing like the best effing player in the world, who knows what's going to happen at that point. But uh, before we move on from that, let's just do the, let's get to credit cookies. Cause there's so many that we want to hand out. We've got 10 of them. 
Uh, Jimmy Butler, 28 points, 9 of 21 shooting overall. He got to the line 11 times, made 10 of those free throws, four rebounds, three assists, two blocks. And really, like, a lot of that other box score stuff outside the points happened in the first half. He just set the tone right away. I think when we start with credit cookies, we got to start with Jimmy Butler. Three or four makes sense. So you could give him more, but there's just so many other uh, players that's, that we want to get. To. I was just thinking that's like I, I, if in a vacuum, I would just look at his playoff performance. You could say six, maybe as high as six, but it's got to yeah. be four, just because everybody else stepped up to some degree. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll hold it at four, and, and that's almost doing a disservice. We might have to go to a baker's dozen today, just because uh, <laughs> everybody deserves some credit today. Because I think there was I want to so talk about. Today. I want to talk about Kyle Lowry. Oh, right away. He was unbelievable. 14 points on nine shots, four assists. It doesn't like blow you away, but it's it's just the Kyle Lowry stuff that you and I always talk about. It's like this, those little in-between things, defending the right player at the right time. We talk about New York only scoring 86 points on 104 possessions. Kyle Lowry was a really big part of that. How many minutes did he end up playing today? 25 minutes? Yeah, it was like 25 really impactful minutes, though. It's like you really are starting to feel his presence in a way that I really didn't like feel it all the time. In the no. regular season, he was right? he was hurt. This was a, this such a much better version of him. And I, I I keep saying like the plan was this to to rest him during the regular season, even as there was all this rampant speculation about him never playing in Miami again and being held out. And this is it. His his tenure in Miami was effectively done. It was about sitting him down, getting him rested, getting him healthy to the point where he could be as effective as he is from the scoring, his defense, and his IQ and his savvy. There was one particular play where he just robbed the ball straight up from Julius Randle. May have been mm-hmm. a little excessive contact yeah. there, but it was so, so effective. Like It was in the midst of like New York with their comeback run, and all of a sudden Kyle just comes up right behind, sneaking up behind Julius he, Randle, who had no he idea. He must be so annoying to play against. Oh. Like you, I, again, you... I want to go back to – I love the word you used earlier, rattled, because it's specific to Julius Randle, and I think Lowry was yeah. a big part of that because you're just like, what is with this guy? He's always around. Yeah. And I feel like at, at like by like the second quarter, Julius Randle was like, all right, where's Kyle Lowry? Is he going to be annoying me again? Like that's kind of how it felt. So Lowry was a big part of that. Two credit cookies to him? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, um, so now we have – we we're, we're, we're about like five? Six. That's six. Four for Jimmy, two okay. for Kyle. We're at six. Uh, we got to give three to Bam to Bio. Hearing the criticism yes. after game one, I know there's been so much talk about he needs to score more, and I've kind of defended him to the point where I was getting criticized for defending him as much. But he showed such incredible aggression. Uh, there were moments there. Like I, I, I have to say I am so proud of this home fan base because they recognize Bam's effort in a way that I've rarely seen over the course of the season. Like the little things he was doing, hustling for rebounds, challenging Randall, Hartenstein, Robinson, whoever was out there. He was just towering over them with his physicality, his presence, his energy was so just infectious. You know, he was just a real factor out there, getting all these key points, attacking the basket early. He got the first basket of the game for Miami. Uh, You know, it was just a really, really great game for Bam Adebayo, and I'm glad that it comes on the heels of what many people thought was one of his worst games, particularly in the postseason, but uh, really, really great game. 17 points and 12 rebounds for him. He got to the line for four free throws. I'm with you, and and I I love that detail about the fans kind of like egging him on and and being there for him. It's a smart fan base. It's a fan base that has shown up throughout the playoffs, and um, I think we, if you want, we can even give a credit cookie to the the, the Kaseya Center fans if you want, but... um, Max a lot Struis. less Knicks fans than I thought. Max. Too many, and still less than uh, than I thought there would be. They, and they all left. Wasn't early. a lot to cheer for for Knicks fans. Ooh. They left early. By halftime, mm-hmm. they were sitting around like they had no idea, shell shocked 
And then by the midway through the fourth quarter, they were almost gone. Like there were pockets throughout the arena and they were completely empty. It was nothing but a mass of white shirts with all, all of that blue to make it ugly. <laughs> uh, so our friend, our friend over uh, at the New York Daily News, Stephen Bondi, who uh, yeah. had some choice words for the Heat fans in uh, the first game, I think yeah. he's he's been in every post game recap that he that he's doing. He has some sort him, of right? dig, some yeah, some jab at Heat fans. What was it today? He goes uh, here. I got it. I got it. Uh, this is great radio. The Miami crowd is famously fickle, and it arrived fashionably late Saturday. But the large pockets of Knicks fans were drowned out early because of the loudspeakers and the team's slow start. So he's throwing oh, stuff at loudspeakers. He's like, "Yeah, it wasn't really the official loudspeakers." Yeah. Or like, come on, like just Stephen Bonnie, you're banned, banned from the show. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Max Struess. Talk about Max Struess. Yeah, in terms of the in terms of just needing some shot making, he was seven of fourteen overall, three of ten from three point range. So it wasn't great, but he was a lot better than I think everybody else on the Heat. Like uh, Larry was two of four, he was good, but outside of that, like nobody else had it going. Kevin Love was over three, Jimmy Butler was over two, uh, Gabe was over four, Duncan Robinson was one for five. So they needed Caleb was over three. So they needed somebody to just make some shots, even if it wasn't at a super high percentage where you'd like it. But Max coming out and even just hitting thirty percent on ten three pointer attempts and just letting it fly. Just taking yeah. those 10 threes. I mean, the Heat took, what, 30 of them? 32 overall, and he was responsible yeah. for 10 of those. So I just thought his presence and just willingness to keep shooting uh, was super important. And then defensively, I thought he was pretty good tonight, too, and he ended up with 19 points. So a good game for Max Drews. I'm glad you mentioned the defense because it was very, again, physical. The physicality level is something that was required of the series in a way that it wasn't necessarily against the New York, I'm sorry, against the Milwaukee Bucks, or maybe slightly more of a finesse team, and they can beat you in so many different ways. With New York, it's all about imposing their will, using the physicality of Randall and Brunson to get to their spots. Miami has found a way within the course of the series to adjust and, and match that level and surpass it. And that's yep. been very impressive for a guy like Max Struess, who's been questioned and criticized for his lack of defense in the past. He was really owned up to it. And the fact that he provided such crucial scoring in the first and third quarter, absolutely huge. Yeah. Uh, great game. And then caught an outlet pass from Kevin Love and dunked that it. Was the dunk. and, that was yeah, amazing. And then couldn't, I think he was surprised he dunked it because he kind of like wobbled afterwards and fell yeah. backwards. He, he lost his balance. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, cool moment for Max Drews. Uh, so those are the credit cookies that we have. Uh, I think that's it. Unless you have any other notes from the show. Shout out, just shout out to Haywood Highsmith who provides some good minutes there. Caleb Martin. I think he's still laboring from injury. I didn't get a chance to ask Bolster about it after the game. Got into it a little bit with Isaiah Hartenstein. We got, we had almost a heat Knicks moment. It was more of like a hold me back kind of heat Knicks moment. Nobody grabbing legs and begging for forgiveness but um cody zeller was really good i think he had yeah uh you know Bo talked about him post game uh just bringing his size being able to match again that physicality had a couple of dunks especially one in early and then one late in the game that really set the tone as well so just a really really good overall effort from this heat team who we weren't sure how they were going to respond in game three i mean we didn't think after game two i said i wasn't necessarily scared of these new york knicks they, I think they threw their best punch in game two without Jimmy Butler and getting some you know, beneficial uh, officiating calls in their favor. That wasn't the case today. Miami responded. They set the tone. They controlled the game completely. I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect in game four, but my thought process is Miami has pretty much a, gotten a stranglehold on the series. I'm curious to see what adjustments New York can make, if any. That's how I feel. I, I thought the Knicks really got to their game plan in game two, um, and then they got taken out of that game plan. And like I said, I don't really know what the, the next thing, the next level, the next, next layer for the Knicks is. 
And with right. the Heat, you mentioned, like, how do they respond after game two? In the regular season, they lose a game like they did in game two, and that could lead to a three-game losing streak. Oh, and that's, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just I, I, the, the mentality shift for this team, the level of confidence that they have, the, uh, uh, it's completely different. And I get, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised. It's Eric Spolster, it's Jimmy Butler, it's Bam Adebayo, Giannis Haslam, Sloan. It's the Miami Heat, right? Like, this is why people are scared of the Miami Heat. It's why every national talking head says nobody wants to play the Heat in the first round, right? Um, it's just sort of the due respect that they get, but um, at the same time, everybody predicted a sweep from Milwaukee too. So it's you can't have it both right. ways. But it's yeah, I guess. So. But it's like, it, it, but again, like I don't blame anybody for picking the Bucks. They were the one seed, no, you know. No. And so <laughs> we picked the Bucks. Like they, it was the obvious choice, and yet here are the Miami Heat, two games away from making it back to the conference finals. We will be back Monday. Uh, the Knicks and the Heat play game four Monday night, uh, and so you know where to find us: YouTube, Odyssey your favorite podcast app. Make sure that you are subscribed if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to the show, follow us there as well. In the meantime, uh, that's it. Thanks for joining me, David. Have a great weekend, everybody. Let's go heat. <laughs>